0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio, Radio, 630
1: Chadd. Well, that's one quarter of the season gone by for the Edmonton Oilers, and it has not gone well. They have just seven victories, and today the Dallas Stars pull away from the Oilers to win it 6 3. Early lead for Dallas. The Oilers fought back. They had the lead in the second period. It looked like they were going to be tied going to the third. Dallas gets a late goal in the second period, and they had a couple of insurance markers. To put it away. Thanks a lot for tuning in this afternoon. It is 3:01. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. You can get us by calling 780-496-0063. And as we uh, have far too often through the first quarter of the season, disappointing outing for the Oilers. They uh, did some things well, but as is kind of a, a theme for them, uh, whenever they do something well or take a step forward, they do a couple other things poorly or take two steps back. They did good today against the top power play in the league. They even scored a shorthanded goal. But goaltending came to be a big story, and the Oilers given up a couple of open chances that led to goals, and it amounts to another loss, 7-11-2 on the year. Rob, I think we got to dive in with the goaltending story. First of all, Cam Talbot allows six goals on 21 shots. Kari Lettinen allows three goals on 12 shots coming in a span of 3 minutes and 48 seconds late in the first early into the second period. Your old coach, Ken Hitchcock, gets out the hook, puts Ben Bishop in. He's perfect in net and even gets an assist along the way.
2: Yeah, great assist too. I mean, even more telling in the the goaltending in in the final 40 minutes. So it was 2-2 after the first period. In the final 40 minutes, the Oilers only gave up 11 shots. 11 shots against in the final 40 minutes, and they gave up four goals on those 11 shots. So uh, Cam Talbot wasn't Cam Talbot-like tonight. He wasn't strong. It started with a a really, really poor goal to start the game off from behind the goal line. And not that he was getting beat cleanly on easy shots, it's just not the big save that he needed. And where you saw a big save was one that Ben Bishop made. in a one goal game on the uh, Oilers on the power play Back door to, to Dreisaitl, Bishop comes across. Now that's a huge save at that time. And then Dallas just got better off to that, scored a couple more. Talbot didn't give them the big save. In a game, you're on the road, you play, and you only give up 21 shots. You kill off, was it five power plays in a row to start the game, score a shorthanded goal. And this is a good power play unit. And at the end of the night, you're not looking at just a close loss. You I mean a 6-3 loss. So it, it was not a good night for the goaltending, but Cam Talbot would not be the only player that you would single out in this game as having an off night.
1: Dallas's power play did go one for six. The late goal by Jason Spezza was on the power play. Edmonton one for three with the man advantage. As we mentioned, they score a shorthanded goal for the second time in three games by Drake Kajula, who's our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. He scores twice today. McDavid had the other goal and three points. And our adjustment of the game centers around Cajula right? for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Kajula up on right wing with Maroon and McDavid and Drysdale played with Nugent Hopkins and Lucic.
2: Well, if you just look at the one stat page, you're like, okay, I paid off well. Kajula two goals, McDavid three points. All is good with the way the first line played. Then you look at the fact that both McDavid and, and his line mates, Kajula and Maroon, were on for four goals against. So, I mean, there was good, there was the offensive, but defensively they weren't as strong, and I think sometimes we take for granted how good a defensive player Leon Dreisaitl is. And it was evident tonight as that top line as they were producing was also leaking oil in their own end. Uh, so that was, I mean, the Nugent Hopkins-Dreisaitl line, I, I, I don't know, it's one of those nights where, you know, I don't remember poor play, but I don't remember... A whole lot of play from them try settle the good chance on the power play but I don't remember them having a lot of opportunities to me the best Oilers line for you know care I thought played very well with Latesto and Cassian and I thought they were the strongest both ends of the rink for the Oilers and that's not a good thing
1: all right 6-3 Dallas knocking off the Oilers uh, in afternoon games this season the Oilers are now 0-4 all-time if you're interested 52, 75, and 15 as a franchise are the Edmonton Oilers in the afternoon. They've never been good in afternoon games. We'll start off our phone calls with Cam this afternoon. Hey,
2: Cam. Hey, boys. How's it going? Good, thank you. Rough one, eh? Yeah, it certainly was.
3: I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Like the last thing I'm gonna do is start calling and challenging, you know, things that are said by you guys. But I would say this is the Cam Talbot that we know. I, I, you know. Like I'm not here to rip them, but I've been calling in just about every show all year, and and I think probably about sixty percent of my calls have been about goaltending. That doesn't mean it make it a fact, but if you flip goaltenders, we talked about this three three weeks ago, and I made a comment, whether you guys agreed or not, that if we flip goaltenders, we probably had, you know, at that time four or five more wins, and. Uh, like, guys' games fall apart all the time. How old is Talbot? Is he 31?
1: Oh, I think he's still 30, isn't he? 30. So, I'll double-check. I mean, guys'
3: games drop off. It happens. I mean, it happens to all kinds of guys all the time. So his has. The bottom line is, you know, what are we going to do about it? Is this going to be what happens this year? And are we going to get, you know, two great games out of every 10 from him? And then two Serviceable games or three serviceable games, and another one that you know where the, the results are kind of nebulous and you don't really know whether he affected it positively or negatively. And then the other two are anchors. Like, I mean, if that's good enough for this organization, that's great. And if riding it out another 20 games or 21 games to see is great, and if going the distance with them is great, and if this is good enough for this organization, that's good. But all I'm saying is, like, he's costing us.
2: Yeah, okay, let's let's play, let's play devil's advocate in this one. If you would have flipped the goaltenders last year with Talbot and every other game they would have flipped the goaltenders, the Oilers would have had, I would have s- say 18 to 20 less points. We're going
3: to
2: get it sorry. I, I just think that last year Talbot, um, he covered up for a lot of the blemishes that the Oilers had last year. I don't think their record was near as strong as it should have been. I think Cam Talbot was all-world last year. Cam Talbot hasn't been all-world this year, I agree, but I think what you're seeing when you get average to just good goaltending, this Oiler team is, is not as strong as they were last year, and that's what they're getting right now. And
3: that, that's, like, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'll go one step further. I'll say we don't win 33 games last year without him. We won what, 46 or 43? 47. We don't win 37 games last year without him. We don't. We may not win 33, but the bottom line is, this is a new season. So, like, if they're not in that, if they're not in that that room right now. Shirelli and his assistant and whoever he deals with in their, you know, developing their decision making metrics, if they're not in there right now, saying, "Holy cow, what are we going to do if this keeps going?" Like, whether he covered stuff up, we we've got examples of NHL teams for you know, five decades that have rode or ridden the coattails of hills of goaltenders. We've got examples of the world junior championship. Like there's no apologies for, for riding the coattails of a goaltender. That's their job. So like, I don't know. We're yeah, I can, but like, there, here's one
2: right,
1: thing. He hasn't been good enough. I, I don't know if they're going to replace him in the short term. No. And What do you like,
2: think? I think you? if you're in Edmonton Oil or management, you look at, Riding goaltenders out of here too quickly and all of a sudden a guy goes on and becomes a Vezina candidate in Devin Dubnik. There's a guy that had to be, that the fans, the media, the, everyone got rid of. And he just had three shutouts last week and he's a Vezina trophy guy every year now. So Cam Talbot's had a, a rough start to the season. I'm not sure you're writing him off at age 30. Goaltenders play longer, last longer at uh, a top level than regular players just because of the position they play. So I'm not sure I'm going to ride Cam Talbot out of Town right now, Cam Talbot has not been as good as he was last year. There's no doubt about it. His body is got does not have a lot of miles on it because he was a backup goaltender for a while. But Cam Talbot has to get better for this team to get better. But I'm not. I don't think that you're you're looking to get rid of Cam Talbot now because of what's happened in the first 20 games.
1: All right, Oilers lose 6-3. We got to go back to uh, Dallas here. Here's the post-game reaction from head coach Todd McLellan.
4: Well, we were in a good we were in a good situation. Uh, you know, they continue to come after us. I thought we spent uh, far too much time in the penalty box tonight, which changed the momentum uh, throughout the game. I think we were 12 minutes in the box and um, couldn't get any traction after we got the lead, and uh, that played an impact on it. Uh, they stuck with it a little bit longer than we did, um, scored some ugly goals, but those all count. Um, as a result, we're on the losing end.
5: It looked like it was either they were gonna score a goal or
4: give up a goal. It that way. They were on the ice. Well it's the way it turned out. That wasn't the plan. Um, you know they went against a, a tough opponent in, in Bend for most of the night. And uh, we took advantage of some of our offensive opportunities, but uh, obviously not enough in the defensive zone, so we've got to clean that up team wide. A play well, I thought he played well. He was able to keep up and, and uh, had some pace with Connor. Uh, you know, defensively that line will have to to clean some things up, but they were uh, they were dangerous.
5: Dreisaitl off the line, but you didn't have to play in center. Was that always what you were going to do in terms of a default? Most people would have said, okay, you'll just play him second line
4: center. Okay. No, because uh, I thought that, that Stromer's line, it wasn't near as effective tonight, but the uh, the second half of the St. Louis game, I thought they were our best line, and they looked like they had something going. So uh, Nuge has been arguably our best player, and Strom's line had something going. Leon's very capable of playing all over the rink, and he, when he's on the ice, he takes faceoffs, he plays in the center ice position, we're fine. Is this Connor
5: trying to do too much tonight, Himself. No, I don't know what you're asking me. Well, he had the puck a lot, but also defensively. It was like he was forcing things once he pass away just because he's got the puck most of the time.
4: Well, I, I think he's on the ice for 23, 24, 25 minutes a night. He's exposed to, uh, to more mistakes than, than most players are. Um, you know, he, he plays in every situation. Um, those players have to be allowed to create at times and, and have the freedom to, uh, to make plays 99% of the time they're made. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. And um, like I said earlier, we'll have that line will have to clean some things up, but it's not just that line, it's team-wide.
5: So all the other games in the road have been so low scoring, Is this just evolved more into some of the games like you played at home or too much?
4: No, this was a strange game in my opinion. Like the, the first two shots go in, we're, we got the start we wanted, we played uh, exceptionally well, we were pressing. Um, they score in their first two shots. That puts you behind the eight ball. And, and when you haven't won a lot, you're concerned about how the team will respond. Well, we responded real well. Uh, we came back, we pressed, we pushed. Um, and then it got away when, uh, away from us a little bit later in the game. And, you know, the goals uh, five and six that we give up, we're, we're gambling a little bit. We have to at that point in the game. So um, the game is played a little bit different in that situation when you're coming from behind. So Thank
5: what, you. what changed from like, when you went into New York, played a really good game, but then since then you started to lose
4: again. Is it just a fine line in this league? It's a, it's a fine line between winning and losing. We came home and, uh, uh, you know, that whole road trip, I thought the best game we played over the last little bit we lost in a, in a shootout, and that was against Washington. We played a very good game against Las Vegas. They're not an easy opponent. We obviously didn't play that well against one of the top three or four teams in the league in, in St. Louis, and tonight was a, a strange game that uh, we gave up too much in.
1: All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Stars beating Edmonton 6-3 this afternoon. The Oilers are 7-11-2 on the season, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. It three fourteen. We have more post-game reaction coming up. Your calls as well, 780-496-0063. We'll bring Rick onto the show. Hey, Rick. Hey, how's it going? Good. Oh, that's good.
6: I'm a first-time caller, so, but I've been a habit Oilers fan since I was young. Cool. <laughs> I'm 52. I was around when Gratsky was around, and, uh, you know, um, I got to say, and, you know, I don't like to pick out one players, but I think, I really think by watching today that Cam Talbot is tired. He's he's being overworked, overplayed, and, uh, you know, you have to give, you have to turn into your backup sometime. I coach, I've coached minor hockey up where I come from for over 15 years, and, you know, when goals go in easy, and you're struggling, that's the time that coach needs to make decision and, and, and put the other goaltender in. Like, it's it's easy decision. Like, you can't. Uh, you know, I'm I'm coach right now, and uh, you know our mission goal is stop more than uh, you know or stop more than uh, uh, one goal every uh, every four shots, right?
1: Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Brassois plays at least one of the next two games, Rick. I mean, they have a back-to-back anyway against St. Louis and Detroit. And, uh, yeah, Brassois had a pretty good game against Washington. That was last Sunday. So Talbot's played the last three. Wouldn't surprise me to see uh, Brassois in one of the next two games for sure. Seven eight zero We'll get more of your calls. You'll hear from Connor McDavid and Mark Letestu. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. It's McDavid right circle,
7: side of the net. One-timer to save made by Bishop on dry subtle
1: as Lucic fed him brilliantly. Biggest save of the afternoon for either goaltender. Ben Bishop makes a huge stop. That, I think, one-ups the Talbot save on Roussel way back in the first bear that could have made it 3-0 in Dallas. Well, and if Dreisaitl scores there, it's 4-4 with 12 and a half minutes left. Instead, Bishop makes the save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at ArmorInsurance.ca. Dallas adding a couple more to beat the Edmonton Oilers 6-3, along with... Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in, Rob. Uh, we got the Eskimos tomorrow on 6.30, Chad, One o'clock countdown to kickoff. Game at 2.30, West Final against Calgary. At McMahon Stadium right now, the Dinos and Laval tied 10-10. Two minutes left in the first half. That's uh, the uh, national semifinal. The well, if, Bowl. If,
2: the, if the Dinos, they just want to keep it close because they, they got their kicker. He can kick it 59 can, yards. That's right. The other game
1: today, the Tech Bowl. Western Ontario, 81, Acadia, 3.
2: You know what? And I had Acadia in getting 75 points, and I still <laughs> lost in that bet today. So I mean, that's that's a national that's a... semifinal. National semifinal.
1: Well, Western's been blowing everybody out. We were looking at some of the scores. They're scoring 60, 70.
2: It's, well, I mean, it, it's an NFL practice squad team, obviously, playing against a bunch of college kids. That's unbelievable, though. 81 points in a semifinal. Uh, the, we're watching the, the other semifinal. One of these two teams have to go up against them next uh, next week. But uh, it'd be a tough one to, to recover from, the 81-3 to 3 drubbing. How'd the game go today, honey? Oh! You know, they, they only beat us by nine touchdowns. It, it was close. Also on
1: the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard in the NHL, the Flames beat the Flyers 5-4 in overtime. Coyotes win their second in a row, 3-2 in overtime against Ottawa. Winnipeg taking it to New Jersey, it's 5-2 with 7 minutes left. The Kings have a one-nothing lead on the Panthers. That's halfway through the second period. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Bob on the line. Hello, Bob.
7: Hey guys, how are you how are you doing today? Yeah, good. Um, just wondering, you know, how many games are left for the orders in the uh, league here in the uh, season? Rather, how many of those Six- games are left? Sixty-two.
1: So they're going to yeah, have well, to win. Pro- they're going to have to win at least thirty-four, probably, to have a chance at the playoffs.
7: Now we're thinking thirty-five to forty in there somewhere. Uh, if you do the math, and math was never my long shoot in high school or university, but uh, uh, it's not going to happen because they've got to do this. That's the mountain that they got to climb. And they're obviously going to have to have help for the other teams, and they just keep on winning. So, you know, I just can't see them making the playoffs. I think uh, it's just about impossible, and I hate to say it, but I, I there's no way they can... It's the way they're going. Ain't going to happen.
2: Well, it's not impossible. I mean, the Calgary Flames last year had almost the exact same record as the Oilers have right now, and they made the playoffs. The part that's hard is it's... And you said they're all winning every night. It's There's only one team below the Oilers in the playoffs, so some point every team is there's teams winning ahead of them they put themselves in a, in a poor position they, they certainly have this is not the start they needed it's not impossible this team is I believe better than they have played but they cannot as what was it the the comment today that I read that Peter Shrelly said they're running out of runway yep right now and I think that is true I think that they've got to get something going in the right direction. Reid and I were just talking off-air here. Five of six games they have right now are against teams not in the playoffs. So this is where an, a stretch right now where they need to win games because they're not playing the elites of the league. But tonight was not a good start for that.
1: Yeah, no, they're, they're in a bad spot playoff-wise. I mean, they're points-wise, they're four out, depending on what else ha- pardon me, happens today. But they're behind everybody except Arizona. So you got like that's the bob made a good point. You win, well somebody else is going to win or somebody's going to lose in overtime or two western teams are going to mm-hmm. go to overtime and they'll, they'll both get points. Yeah, no it, it's 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 a tough spot. I mean, if you talk about even if the Oilers win half their games, that's 31 more wins. That's 38 on the season. That's unlikely to get you in unless other teams r- really drop off. And Calgary last year, don't forget, had a 10-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: the Oilers need something silly like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're not at the point where, oh, they can win three out of four and they're back in. Like, that's not enough. So, yeah, they're, they're, they are they're in a tough spot. But all they can do is keep playing.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not writing them off. I, I think this team is is better than their record shows. They haven't played that way. They need better consistent goaltending. They need better... Um, play away from the puck and and mental mistakes tonight a dumb penalty by Lucic the game they're down two late in the game but there's still time left dumb penalty hitting a goalie behind the net you don't need to do that and then on the power play the Oilers dump the puck they're doing a great job penalty killing they dump dump the puck down all four guys change and Bishop snaps the puck up to Spets at the far blue line he goes in on a partial breakaway I mean those are mental mistakes that are easily fixed but the players got to do a much better job. Don't take dumb penalties. And changing. I mean, that is just a simple minor hockey thing. You do not all four leave the ice at the same point and, and allow someone to be wide open backdoors. So the others got to be smarter.
1: Six three, Dallas takes it. We have Jason on line four. Jason, thanks a lot for calling.
8: Thanks for take, taking my call. Um, yeah, you know, I I know they talked about the right wing and defense. I think Sakura being out has hurt them more than some people think, although I know it's been talked about. When I think of those last couple of games last year against Anaheim, when he was out, that was a significant loss. And I think early on this season, having him out and how weak defensively they were, I wonder if we'll look back on the season and, and just see that as a as a big part of it. My other comment is, you know, the Oilers were favored to win by many people the Stanley Cup this year. and. I wonder if that psychologically affected them coming into the season because at the beginning of the season, or maybe we're still at the beginning, but I didn't think their work ethic, their grinding work ethic was that hard. And I, I wonder if they have the maturity, you know, if they have the maturity this year, or they have the maturity to kind of handle their success last year, and I wanted to get your guys' view on uh, those things, and I'll hang up. Thank you.
1: Yeah, those are good points, Jason. I, I think earlier, I mean, I have often referred to that three-game homestand where they lost to what was the order of the games, uh, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Carolina, and they were pretty much wiped out all three games. They fought back a bit against Carolina. I, I think there was a little bit of, well, we were eighth last year, so that's where we start you know we start eighth and we can only move up as opposed to that we're starting with zero points like everybody else and we got to grind like we did last year maybe that is a bit of a learning experience for some of the guys who haven't been in the nhl a long time or haven't been in the playoffs before i hope that's out of their system by now and that they realize how hard they have to work uh this i i i obviously think they miss sakura and again we're just like you said rob we're not heaping the record on talbot or one guy but I think on the back end, we knew they were going to miss Sekera. I don't think Clefbaum has played very well.
2: No, no, I, I don't think he has at all. He, offensively, he's been nowhere near the player that we saw last year. What do you have? Like 12 goals or something like that last year. He had a great offensive season, but it's the back end, the, the the decisions he's made defensively that have really stood out. There's been a couple, you know, huge pinches that have backfired early in hockey games. There was games that the two-on-one decisions where he's not taking the pass. Or, or the shooter, things like that, things that he knows how to do better. And he hasn't, I, I think he is a young defenseman, again, without Secker in the lineup, Clefbaum got added minutes and added responsibility. And I don't think he's accepted them well. I think it's affected his confidence when things haven't gone right. Um, so it, it's been tough. And I think the team as a whole, it is much easier when you, when there's nothing expected of you to overachieve than it is when everything is expected of you. When things don't go right now, the whole world's on you. The media's on you, the fans are on you, because the expectations were. And and at the beginning of the season, we got asked how you thought the Oilers were gonna do this year. I said they would not be as good in the regular season. I just didn't think they were as good as they were last year. I didn't, come playoff time, they could go all the way, but I didn't think regular season, they're as good. And the expectations from everyone else is they're gonna be this dynamite Stanley Cup contending team. I didn't see that, and the players, I mean, the pressure is tough. Pressure is tough. Ask anyone that's ever had a five-foot putt in a golf game, if it's for $100 yep. or if it's just for fun. It's, everyone makes the one for fun. Most people miss the one for 100 bucks.
1: Well, it's like it worked. It's easy to criticize the boss. It's hard to actually be the boss when you've got to make the decision.
2: Yeah, And it's hard to criticize the boss when he's sitting beside you. I mean, it's really hard that way. but. <laughs>
1: I'm not your boss, by the way, Rob. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and I mean, I, I actually did not pick the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. I did not pick them to win the Western Conference. I I, I pick. I think I picked them to have almost the same record, though. I thought I, they would, I thought they could kind of even it out and get to the same point. Again, we'll see. We all know anything can happen, but you can't look at this first 20 games and think that's a good good beginning to the season because it flat out uh, it flat out is not. If you're on hold, stay there. We're going to get to everybody. We do have to do a quick uh, news and weather update because we haven't brought you one in a while. The Oilers lose 6-3 to the Dallas Stars. That does mean Booster Juice is going to donate $75 to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, given 25 bucks for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. The total is now up to 1200 $250, and you can follow that on the Oilers page on 630chett.com. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from Connor McDavid in the next half hour. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's 333, the final score this afternoon. Dallas Stars 6, Edmonton Oilers 3. Dallas jumped out to a 2-0 lead before the game was nine minutes old. Kajula shorthanded and McDavid on the power play scored 52 seconds apart late in the first. The Oilers actually went ahead in the first minute of the second period on another goal by Kajula, but Dallas tied it. Devon Shore, Faxa scored late in the second period and then two goals in the last seven minutes for Dallas to put it away. 6-3 is your final. No Japanese Village goal light today. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to one of three locations, Japanese Village in Edmonton, downtown Southside and Northside. All right, before we hear from Connor McDavid, we have Alex on the line. Hey, Alex. Hey,
7: guys. Doing okay? Good. Sorry to phone again. You guys are probably getting sick and tired of listening to me here again.
1: Well, we That's would never that. say that out loud, Alex. <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine, eh? <laughs> you know, I, um, the guy that was funny about the psychological effect of uh, <laughs> that guy I was talking about, what about the fans? You know what, guys? I want to go get 30 voodoo dolls and dress them up as National Hockey League, all the other colors of all the other teams, and start poking them, you know? <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if anybody's a... tried that. Not a bad idea. I... I, Alex, <laughs> I, I think
1: you need a therapy animal or something like that. Cause you're,
7: oh, totally. You're I, I'm pretty emotional. You, I'm pretty, pretty, well, yeah, I'm darn right emotional about this. I, which, what I'm really emotional about is but I'm getting... Ho- ho- bad texting from friends that are Calgary fans and Vancouver fans and Toronto, Montreal, and they're already saying lottery pick, lottery pick, and I'm going, no way, that can't happen, I gotta tell you, but you know it's getting scary, guys, I mean do you think the others are gonna go on a roll here, just honestly, I know you're, you know, you gotta have hope for the for everyone and wanna have, feel good about the situation but and I don't see it, I don't see them winning four in a row here and then losing one, then winning three in a row and a losing one i mean that's what it's going to take just to get back that's
1: that's the problem alex is that like i I think they're capable of uh, having a you know winning streak or winning a a, a, you know a block of games but with where they are it has to happen several times right like they did have a stretch where they go three one and one and then they give it back right by by losing, losing a couple so yeah i mean it's tough i like the 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 percentages to make the playoffs are not good. I haven't let him look today, but that sports club stat stites, uh, keeps, does that. Usually, I mean, the American Thanksgiving rule is not hard and fast, but usually it's it's either 13 or 14 of the teams in the playoffs at American Thanksgiving get in. So there's usually two or three changes. So like, like Rob was saying, it's not impossible but yeah, like they—they're gonna have to win. Like they're gonna have to go like 13, five and two over a twenty-game stretch just to get back into a wild card spot. It's gonna be very—it's well, gonna be very tough, Alex.
7: Well, that's for sure. That's just the thing. I just don't have that feel. I mean, uh, I mean, today was another day where I'm just like the mistakes and the defensive coverage, and and it's just like wow, you know. And I'm going, man, you know, this is this team. It just doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. And. Man I, you know I was going to ask you what did New, did New Jersey win the lotto pick last year what did they finish something like 10th and want it they they well, Oh yeah they first? moved
1: they moved way up it was way you know up. what I think they moved up from 11th
7: well, you know what? That just may happen to the year. I hate to say it, that'd be disgusting. But and then guess what? All my friends from Calgary and Vancouver were to be texting me and said, "You're picking first overall again, you lousy." Anyway, well, I'll-
1: sorry. New Jersey, New Jersey moved up from fifth. It was Philly that moved way up from second. My mistake. There you go. Yeah, New yeah, Jersey. I'm go, yeah.
7: I'm I'm gonna go buy those voodoo dolls, guys. I gotta okay. do something for my psychological. Uh, something's happening here. I don't know.
1: Yeah. See, Alex, for sure. I mean, he, he uh, voodoo voodoo dolls aside, maybe that'll work. I mean but he mentioned some of the some of the loose play and the goals against. And Rob, what's there there are always moments when the, the game is hanging in the balance or or key moments. So they fall behind 2-0, they kill off two penalties and score shorthanded on the second one and then tie the game on the power play. So there's Dallas could have pulled away mm-hmm. and Edmonton comes back to tie it. Okay, it's 3 th- it's 3-3 three, three in the second period. All right, fine. Late goal. Second period. So, and the Oilers didn't cover that rush. You kind of explained it as well as they could have. And then it's 4-3. And then we talked about it earlier. Bishop makes the save of the night. So it could have been 4-4. And then Talbot isn't able to stop a couple other good opportunities for Dallas. So, the, like, Alex is right. those the, the key moments where you can grab the game, it's not as if the Oilers are never making those plays, but they're not making as many as the other side.
2: No, and another thing, they're not capitalizing on their chances. Tonight, I mean, they only gave up 21 shots in the game. On the road, that's pretty good. Uh, you say, well, they, gave, they must have been better, bigger scoring chances for Dallas. Well, the Oilers, in the first period alone, had a breakaway in three two-on-ones, all shorthanded. And three of those they didn't capitalize on. So again, the Oilers not getting some puck luck around the net, not capitalizing, not executing well enough at times. And it seems like when they make their big mistake, it goes in the back of the net. Now part of that is Cam Talbot hasn't been Cam Talbot. And that's hurting them, but... Every game, and it was, was it Todd said, every game there's four or five mom, moments in a hockey game to yeah. dictate that game. Four or five shifts. Yep. And we've seen that. In those four or five shifts, the Oilers are losing those shifts now. Yep. Uh, so I, I thought when the Oilers went two one and one on the road trip, came back and smacked Vegas around. They're three one and one in five, and they gave up what ten goals in five games. They're playing smarter. Eventually, the goals will go in for them. Does against Vegas. But then they just two bad games in a row. Bad games in the sense that there were huge mistakes. The game against St. Louis, a number of players had horrible, horrible games. And then again tonight, the, on the what goal was it? The backdoor goal by Ben, uh, which was a huge goal in the third Make period, five, three. makes it five three. So it's a one goal game. Right after Bishop makes a fantastic save. Dallas has the puck in the offensive zone, but the Oilers are in pretty good defensive positioning, keeping everything outside. A shot from the point. McDavid is with Ben. He's skating around the zone, He's got. he's skating beside him, but just skating beside him. Puck comes out, Ben puts in the net. This is Jamie Ben. This is one of the best players in the world. You've got to mark him in your own zone. And whether your name's Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl or Drake Kajula or, or Jujar Kara, if that's what your job is defensively, you've got to do that job defensively. Especially at big moments, and that was a big moment in this game, it went from 4-3 possible tying in one end to a couple minutes later 4-3 in your own zone you miss a check defensively you miss an assignment defensively and it's 5-3 and now the game is over so those are the moments that the others must be better at if they want to start turning this in the right direction
1: alright let's go back to Dallas and hear from Connor McDavid
9: what changed and they swung the momentum back in their favour in your eyes uh, we were just controlling the middle better um, you know, getting pucks in behind them and working them in their zone and uh, you know, we kind of got away from that
4: Just a little bit of, yeah, the swing-in momentum. It seemed like one of those games that you just kind of fully got back and then it was,
9: it was kind of hard for either team to hold on. Yeah, it was different. Um, you know, they obviously uh, are, are a good starting team. You know, they were real good in the first period, and they came out flying, and, uh, you know, we were able to battle back, and, um, you know, and they obviously uh, found a way to swing it back there. A special team, she bounced back into but with
5: the shorthanded goal, you had lots of chances. On their power plays, matter of fact, and then you, know, you, you needed in the third period there when you had the power play, you needed that one to, to get in in net. For you.
9: Yeah, yeah, we did, and and we had our looks. You know, we had our, our uh, you know, we had a few plays that we looked for, and and, uh, and we needed it, but we uh, we didn't finish, and that's what's about. Most defensively too. It's, just uh, back and forth games were just I like. mean, it's obvious to say. I mean, when you give up six goals, you're obviously too loose defensively, but that was kind of, yeah.
1: All right, that's Connor McDavid, who does get three points tonight, but finishes minus two. Oilers lose 6-3 to the Dallas Stars. We have Kevin on line five. Kevin, thanks a lot for calling, man. Hey,
7: uh, I didn't call back, but I held, and uh, sorry, guys, got to give you at least a double minor for holding. It's been, oh, my goodness, 24 minutes. Sorry, buddy. I <laughs> yeah, still love you. Maybe not quite as much as I did, but hey, uh, happy Saturday. And I uh, uh, hate to say it, but man, not only did Cleft bomb, but the whole team man, And man, you know, we want results, not excuses. I don't know what to say or do, but uh, a couple of callers ago, a guy did mention Talbot's a little tired, yeah, but oh my goodness, guys, uh, guys, guys, just, uh, you got to suck it up, man. You're getting... You know, millions of dollars and, uh, you know, stop sniveling, get out there, put your nose to the grindstone and get her done. That's,
1: that's it. All right, Kevin, you're going to finish the play. What do we have for the clue here?
7: Alexiak starts with a couple of chopping right hands. Neither hurt Maroon, who's looking for inside range. Eats a chopping right hand and a second right and a third right and a fourth right. Maroon off balance and Alexiak
1: drives him to the ice. All right, Kevin. We got a fight between Maroon and Alexiak. Was that at the end of the first period or the second period?
7: End of the second period,
1: baby. Oh,
2: you you sure you don't want to change?
1: You know what? Just because he had to hold so long, we're going to give him an eight-day parking pass to Jetset U Park you just by Jet Set Parking Park. Cheap and easy. You're Visit JetSetParking.com.
2: You're just saying that because he said he didn't love us as much. You're trying to get a little love back, well, aren't surpri-
1: you? <laughs> I, I, I'm always surprised when anybody loves me at all, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm a bit of an ogre. Uh, it is 3.43. Chris is up next on the open line. You will also hear from Mark Letestu. The Oilers lose 6-3 in Dallas. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
1: Chan. All right, thanks a lot for joining us this afternoon. It's 3.47. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins. Oilers lose 6-3 in Dallas this afternoon. They had a 3-2 lead early in the second period. Did not score after that. 780-496-0063. Chris is on the line. Chris, thank you very much for calling us.
10: Hey, thank you guys for having me. Hey, long-time Moiler fan here, actually living in Calgary now, but I just wanted to call in. I guess I've never watched uh, the whole game today, but just kind of wanted to touch on a few things that I've been noticing and get your guys' take on it. It seems like, um, you know, between the neutral zone, uh, Edmonton's had a tough time this year, uh, really bearing down, whether that's passes or, uh, or getting the puck deep. I've seen that uh, that kind of being an issue, in that first pass out of the uh, the D zone. Uh, I don't like, uh, you know, we, we are a young team, and and that's unfortunate. But you know, I played a little bit of uh, higher end hockey, and if I wasn't making that first pass, uh, tape to tape uh, on on those boards uh, stick, I was being ripped ripped apart on the bench, or um, or it made it tough on the uh, the boards to, uh, to to work their way through that neutral zone. What's your guys' take on
2: that? Well, the first point, yeah, I, I think the Oilers have struggled in the neutral zone. I think what uh, Tom McClellan, I you were talking with Reed or it was on Reeds show earlier today, they're too much east-west, not enough north-south. When you're going east-west, that means you're trying to make passes, you know, across the ice in the neutral zone. Well, that just ups the chances of them being deflected, bad passes, things like that. They're not going north-south enough. The, puck, the pucks are getting turned over in the neutral zone. Guys are, guys are overhandling, mishandling and you're shortening the ice for the other team to come back. So the Oilers have got to be much better in the in the middle area of the ice going forward because they're just creating too many opportunities coming back. As for in their own zone, I mean, it's, you can't always make a tape-to-date pass. Not in the National Hockey The The forecheck is too strong. When you've got that chance, yes. When you got time and space, you should be able to make a perfect pass every time. And then the player with the gets the puck, sometimes what we've seen and picking on Milan Lucic sometimes we see when you get the puck the player seems to make their decision once the puck comes and if you're on the board you've got to know where that puck is going before it gets to you we used to call it head on of a swivel if you see the d-man coming towards you you now put your head on a swivel you look where's the opposing defenseman where's the other four checkers where are our guys so now when the puck comes on my stick I can quickly get it into the right area whether it's chipping it out whether it's making a Pass to your sentiment, or sometimes just flipping it out into the neutral zone and chasing afterwards. I think the others sometimes, and it happened a number of times tonight, get caught where they make a good first pass and then they turn it over before they get to the blue line, and now you're extended time in your own zone. Tired, running around, that's usually when bad things happen. Chris, do you
1: mind if I uh, ask who you played for?
10: Who well, I played for? I played for uh, the Cameras, Kodiak's out, uh, out in Cameras, and then uh, some college hockey out in the
1: States. Did, did you play for Boris?
10: I did play for
1: Boris. What years were you there? Cuz I worked in Lloyd Minster uh, earlier in my career.
10: I was uh, I was out there 01
1: to 04. Oh, I would have seen you play. I was there 2000 to 2007. So were you on the t- were, were you on the team the year uh uh Falsher got traded at the deadline? Uh, I was not on a team. Uh, that was uh, actually my my older brother when they won the, the RBC there.
10: Yeah. Uh, but I, I did come in, yes, the second year after. The, the year after they won, I, I came in and played some hockey there.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, that that was a really good program when I was following the league. I think they still do okay, but I think Brooks has yeah. taken over the South now, haven't they?
10: They have, they have. I haven't been able to watch uh, much junior hockey in Alberta, but, uh, you know, follow it. Uh, the game's changed quite a bit. It's uh, a little more money injected into it. It's kind nice of nice to see. But, no, I'm a long-time hockey guy uh, out of uh, – out of the west, out of in there, but um, a little frustrating at times. But uh, hopefully they pick up their socks here, the Oilers, and uh, and get moving on track.
1: It's good to hear from you, Chris. Played in the AJHL. So did Oilers center Mark Letestu.
9: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean their, their recipe. I mean they got a lot of bounces. They just shooting pucks going off, guys. I think we probably have to adopt that a little more, uh, just firing pucks than that. But we didn't squeeze the trigger a couple times maybe we could have uh, you never know what happens i mean tonight they're pretty fortunate with a lot of the, the redirects and some of the stuff they got but uh we got to find ways to win hockey games it's it's getting late early mark you guys take a lead like that the way you guys played changed or did they do something to kind of shift things back in their favor no i you know i thought i don't know if we changed that much i thought we started to try and make a place a few plays the neutral zone that maybe weren't there uh fed into a little bit of their offense Uh, But I don't think it was a, you know, a huge let up uh, that let them retake the lead. Uh, You know, they they seized a few opportunities. I mean, you know, we we limited them to, you know, pretty minimal opportunities tonight. And they they made the most of them. Uh, You know, again, we just got to find ways to win games. Um, That's the kind of team that gives you lots. I mean, it became a bit of a
5: track meet there.
9: yeah i mean we we had we had our opportunities we had breakaways, two-on-ones uh even yeah the the short-handed chances we had uh that being said you know i I don't we didn't light up the shot clock it wasn't like they were that loose you know we still had to earn everything we had in their end Uh, we just we had to earn more and it didn't happen tonight
1: all right that's mark letestu his oilers lose 6-3 to dallas Uh, we got about a minute here for al al go ahead how you doing yeah go ahead al we only got about a minute for you buddy so fire
7: away Okay, uh, Benning is pinching too much. Can you get a message to the coach? Way too much. Coach, you know, he's got to stay back. He's pinching too much. He gets lost in the offensive zone. The other team breaks out. He's racing back. Baum or whoever he's playing with is playing by himself. And we need two defensemen back there.
1: Okay, appreciate it all. Thanks for calling 780-496-0063. I hate to cut you short, but uh, we are getting near the end of the show, and i got to remind people, Mm -hmm. oh, this isn't the only game we got on Ched this weekend, Rob. There's a big one, I hear. The big one tomorrow. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to start at 1 o'clock with the countdown to kickoff. Then they're going to kick off at Mm -hmm. 2.30. Eskimos at Stampeders, West Final, Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott, our broadcast crew, rob how are you feel
2: i feel pretty good about it i mean they're coming in they're playing well they're playing very very well right now they're they're healthy they're confident and i expect that you and i will be sitting here on gray gray cup sunday with uh, you know, our two buckets of beer, our bucket of chicken, and we're gonna be sitting here watching the Grey Cup as well as watching the Oilers play against Boston, the Boston Bruins. So I, of course we'll have the the Oilers game on a small iPhone while we have the Grey Cup on the big TV. No, just kidding. But <laughs> well, it'd no. be great if they were going on at the same time. I'm 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 saying that the Edmonton Eskimos are gonna win tomorrow at Calgary.
1: All right, Rob, have a good uh, Saturday night, buddy. I will see you Tuesday because that's what our next broadcast is. The Oilers play game two of their five-game road trip at the St. Louis Blues. Obviously another tough one. That'll be a 4.30 face-off show, and the game will start at 6.00. This afternoon was going okay for the Oilers for a while, but then Dallas took over 6-3 is the final damage. You can get more on both the Oilers and the Eskimos on 630 chedcom Thanks a lot to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer this afternoon. The executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 6.30 Ched, is Sid Smith. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a wonderful weekend.